The Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for our listeners. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. To get started, all you have to do is click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Okay, let's get things started. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the week three betting recap and week four look ahead. I'm stuck in with me as always is Colin Wilson, fresh off an Arkansas victory, avoided the avoided the look ahead, came out in a, a great performance. Yeah, I'm happy to be one of the few teams, uh, or at least supporter, alumni of the few teams that are 3-0 against the spread this season. And I'm pretty happy with the way Week 3 went. Uh, even though I kind of pushed money around on the app, uh, I was happy with the results of Penn State, was happy with the results of BYU. I am not touting that as a win. Uh, pretty pretty bad stuff going on there. Uh, I'm glad UMass covered in our trash piece. You got the UConn cover. Like, our trash man piece of the week got in. But by no means, I'm just glad that I avoided all of these terrible disgusting box scores that you were a part of. There was some bad shit happening yesterday. The, the night slate was awful for me. I pushed around money all day. I mean, Kent State, we deserve better with. Ended up dropping like a, I think, including Friday, a little over a unit in my sides and totals. We probably deserved to be around 500. So, you know, some bad calls, but some absolutely brutal beats. I mean, Utah under. I mean, let me, let me recap my totals week for you. I played four totals this week. The Ravens under. First half flies under. It's 17-10 with, with 10 minutes to go, and it somehow goes over. Then I played Cincinnati, uh, Indiana under. Goes over. Probably a bad call, but the first half goes under. Then I play Utah, San Diego State under. They're, neither team could move the ball an inch. They averaged two point two yards per play in the first half. There was a kick return for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, a 51-yard field goal after a personal foul, and a 43-yard field goal after two personal fouls. Those were the points. It was 10-10 at the half. Still went under in the first half. Second half, there's a pick six down to the two, and then they score a touchdown. Still, it's 24-10 with five to go. Uh, I have under 43 and a half. And, of course, the backup quarterback for Utah has two touchdown drives in the final three minutes and it goes to overtime. But the first half on still went under despite two special teams touchdowns. San Diego State overs. Can we just keep betting San Diego State overs? Are you with me? Every week. I'm blindly. not with you on that one. Aztec overs. I'm not with you on that one. That was the biggest under game I've ever watched in my life. I, I probably won't cap a better under game. And then I had Boise. I did just, you, know, you got to laugh at yourself. I had Boise first half under, which goes over. Spencer Sanders threw for like five yards, which goes over. And in the second half, there's zero points, which brings me to my rant of the week. All right, let it out. This is your rant of the week. Why was there zero points? Because I also had Boise money line. Boise money line. So if they just kick the field goal, don't get the field goal blocked. The guys were just laughing at me. They just they could have no points in the second half. But they picked up a fumble, a clear fumble. We're running into the end zone, 20 yards downfield, and then the refs blew the whistle. There's absolutely no fucking reason to blow the whistle. Nothing good comes out, especially once you're 20 yards downfield. It's not like you thought you saw it and you blew it right away. The guy was about to run into the end zone. They blew the whistle. No good comes of it. You let it go. If he got in, you review it. You say, okay, it was a fumble, touchdown. If not, okay, reverse it. And then Oklahoma State has the ball. Some of the most corrupt shit I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, that was awful. So, you know, I just I couldn't buy a win at night. Those were my... 
my night games. I wasn't even, then I had, I had Arizona state, which obviously just dominated the box score at four turnovers. They're running down the field into the end zone to win the game. And they can't, they get stripped and somehow the ball stays in bounds. They had four turnovers, 18 flags, and still <laughs> had a shot to win. I would bet them a hundred times out of hundred. So that was my night. So then I had to stay up. So I was up till four in the morning, grinding out Hawaii. I was like, please give me a win. And it was the, and I got one finally. It was the worst game I've ever watched in my life. There were 50 drops. San Jose State had all these starters out. Um, all of my wins yesterday were like lucky. Hawaii was lucky. Uh, UConn, lucky. So all these games that I deserved to cover, I didn't. It was just an awful day to sit there and watch for 16 hours. So I dropped a little over a unit, including Louisville on Friday. It happens. You know, whatever. These are September weekends. I'll I'll swallow them for another great bowl season and, and late late season results. It wasn't a total disaster of a day, and I had some bad calls that deserved to lose <clears throat> Miami. But, cool. yeah. All right. Feels good to get it off my chest. My little rant of the week is that I don't think the beat reporters of the nation are doing their damn job. All right. When I hear on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that Anthony Richardson is healthy, that he is practicing, that he looks good, that he's been cleared. I take that news as a betting deliverable and I place it on Florida. Now, listen, everything turned out fine. Everybody that went on Florida, they we covered. And and like I That's said, another bet team, I won, another bet I won. And the reason I bet it was because of Richardson didn't play. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I made this bet and I said, I, I said on the show yesterday, uh, the team that owns the trench can win the game. And the next thing you know, we got a two point conversion and I don't even know what the hell that delayed wildcat zone read. What if Anthony Richardson was in there, you just tank over that defensive line of Alabama. So I'm not sure if it's Dan Mullen. I'm not sure if it's the beat reporters, but the, the news is so mixed in college football like Adazio coming out and saying we're missing a boatload of players we are extremely vulnerable in the first half and then and then essentially having a push with Toledo and then winning the game I I don't even know I I don't even know how much to trust in some of these I'm not saying it's the beat reporters but like Dan Mullen or just I, I think there's just communication breakdown from coach mouth to what's on the players, to what's actually going to happen, to what the beat reporters are getting out there. It's like, this is what we have to have to place a bet. And some of this shit is just fiction. So, I mean, if you want to rant, that's it for me. The officials across the board in every game that I was watching, money on it or not, were awful yesterday. Every national TV game. I mean, some of those calls in in uh, Alabama in the first half, some of those PI calls. The, Alabama was getting some a good whistle in the first half. The Auburn-Penn State game, the, uh, Penn State was getting shafted early. Uh, with some of those calls. So SEC officials, they need to change how they like from my understanding, I could be incorrect when, when two teams that are out of conference, right? So if you play in conference, it's your conference refs that officiate the game. But if you play, if two teams out of conference play each other in the, usually in the contract, it's up to the road team to bring the refs to find the refs to bring them. So a lot of times they'll, they'll bring, you know, a crew from their conference. That makes no sense. Like why 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 are we having the NCAA should say okay you're gonna have neutral conf, non conference affiliated officials that go to all these games like how do you not organize it how's it up to the road team to find their refs makes no sense to me right, anyway if there's something that doesn't make sense it's Mike Bobo's play calling calling in and listen I think this is the hardest part of the handicap I wrote up Penn State we went Penn State on the show. And it really came down to Sean Clifford and Bo Nix, which one was going to make a mistake. But, you know, newsflash, the hardest part of writing that article last week was I think they're both improved. I think they're both doing well under their new offensive coordinators. And I, and I think that, you know, I, I shouldn't have to pick one or the other because I think they're both doing much better than what they've shown in previous years past, especially when it comes to exposing their teams to turnovers. But Mike Bobo calling in. I mean, imagine watching eight seasons of game of thrones and getting to the pinnacle right the night king is attacking winterfell and we're gonna have this major showdown and then the ending of the show just bombs right it was just a bomb it was manufactured it was a horrible ending and that's what happened at penn state auburn because mike bobo called an end zone fade all the way down to win the game like i'm sorry to tie the game with penn state one of the most electric crowds i've seen in college football in years and Mike Bobo making $1.3 million has put up 120 points on Alabama State and Akron calls an end zone fade. 
it's some of the worst coaching I've ever seen in my life. Auburn fans, I, I would, I mean, you got rid of Gus and Chad Morris and Chip Long. And the offensive names are just going through like a like a spin cycle. And now you got Mike Bobo throwing in zone fades with Bo Nix. Well, Gus also throwing on Friday night when he, I don't know why he was, but yeah, that was that call was one of the, I have no money on the game. Um, was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life at the end. By the way, why does not why does Penn State not wear white during the whiteout? I know blue is their home <laughs> uniform, but like they should. I, I know Penn State fans, you wear blue at home and white on the road, but it's the whiteout. Why is Auburn white and Auburn wearing white face masks for the first time during the Penn State whiteout? Anyway, you know you had Auburn wearing white. Auburn's refs on the field. Very, I mean, very odd. Uh, all right, let's. Let's uh, we, we, we're going to get to the we'll talk about what we have projected for the Thursday night game. Any quick look aheads we have later on in the show. But before we do that, we have to get to your voicemails. Bad beats, back doors and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. UConn. Oh, UConn. I'm not even waiting for the end of the game. I'm calling in at the half. UConn plus 34 and a half. To a team that runs every mother play. You know what the they're gonna do. They're gonna run the mother ball. They're running one way or another. They're running 42 nothing. How is it possible to allow a team that you know the playbook to that many points and a half? It's a disgrace. UConn, University of Connecticut rich spoiled pigs. UConn, you. What's up, boys? UConn, plus 34, never a doubt, never a doubt. Triple option, service academy, never a doubt. Absolutely never a doubt. Hey, Stunky, don't say an army. Just accept it. I got that minus 32 on the open. This army team is a tank. Train's coming. Get on or get out of the way. I can't believe Army backdoored. F*** you, Stucky. All right, yeah, we can stop it there. His minus 32, he called in to taunt me in the first half, and they lost by – and they only won by 31. I, I will say it was an awful call, but it's it's not like I said I'm betting you. I'm betting UConn. Uh, I made the number 31. It landed 31, which always makes you feel good. But all, I, I would, I'll fade a, tr- a service academy, laying that many points all the time. Didn't deserve the cover. The first half, you know, that was my frustrating part about yesterday. All these games I didn't deserve the cover I covered. I, I just uh, – I was like, what am I doing here? But, yeah, they scored on a fourth down. UConn ran it in on a fourth down uh, with an, under a minute to go and somehow managed to score 21 points. They started a true freshman at quarterback, which I didn't know was coming. They hired a new offensive assistant this week to redesign their offense. They did some nice things on offense, actually. They brought in Mazzoni, who was – you know, they're running some more RPOs with this with this kid, Fomacon, who's the brother of Clemson's backup. I believe. But yeah, no business covering that game. The, what UConn did in the first half, they kept giving Army short fields. It was an absolute nightmare. My only handicap was that they're going to have to make Army drive long fields. Completely off. UConn just lock box into 21. So if you had Army, I'm sorry. We called the segment taking out the trash. It's not like we expected this to be pretty. UConn was, they are horrific. They are the worst team in college football. Not even close. Yeah, New Mexico State. I, I thought they're, but they're actually playing well, and they're putting up points. And, and I you, thought they were going to be historically bad. UMass and New UMass Mexico State. Okay. There's a, there's improvement, right? But we're yeah, not getting yeah. improvement out of UConn whatsoever. Well, we'll see if this quarterback can improve. Like they have a new quarterback every week and a new coach, so it's it's hard to get any consistent. Well, well all we do know is that they're terrible. The, the level of terrible are they? 2019 UMass or not? We'll see. But I probably won't be betting UConn the rest of the year again. So rest assured. <laughs> we got our cover, and that we're getting the hell out. But I'll probably end up betting UConn next week. Not even. Oh tomorrow, no! So. Come on, we're done with this. We got our win. Let's Let get say, out. Who, who do they play? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be looking at the schedule. Oh, they, Connecticut plays at home against Wyoming. <laughs> 
right. You're on your own on that one. Nope, I'm not doing it. All right. All right. This is John from Iowa. So I just finished up watching the Hawks, you know, got a root for my hometown, but fuck, fuck, fuck. come on, man. I just, just want Kansas State to get a little bit of the action, but it's a uh, fair ins, not for ants. Fair ins, ins, fair aunt, not for It's fair ins. This Hawkeye team is special. I think Coach Fair ins could retire after the year, so I think this, this team's got something special. Let's, let's ride them all the way to the natty. Stucky, I'm going to have to call in every week here. Leaving Kinnick Stadium. I know you got the 23. I had the 22 and a half. Hawkeyes cover again. We just keep taking care of business and doing what we do, breaking all your numbers. Hey, try DMing you. Maybe you just, you know, answer that, and then we can talk about how we power rate these things. Go Hawks. I mean, I was not breaking any numbers. Uh, you're getting turnovers. I still need to lose a bet, and McKenna State fumbled at the one, and you went all the way the other way. And uh, just for a push, you had to you had to kick a field goal off the post to push against lowly Kent State. Uh, the, your, the Iowa reality is going to set in for their fans eventually. I mean, this is a team that can't move the ball. There's zero explosiveness, zero. They had a 20 play drive against Kent State that scored. You're not going to make a living like that all year. You're not going to continue to get turnovers every week. I felt awful for people that had plus 22 and a half because you deserve better fate and just didn't didn't get a, a, a bounce or two. And I, I was getting the bounces right now. But you play a team like Kent State, that's a team you should put 50 up on. They're one of the worst defenses in the country. Spencer Petras has thrown the ball 40 times for 200 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean – that is brutal. Oh, there also was a safety. That was a question. I mean, he, in that game, which decided the cover, Penn State had a safety. Just a, I, I was, I, I pushed and felt gut punched at the end when Kent State fumbled at the goal line. Uh, I can't imagine if you had 22 and a half. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was not breaking any numbers. They're just they're getting a couple bounces. Well, you have to wonder if the current rules that we use to grade these games, like success rate and stuff like that, if that even applies to Iowa. It's like, I mean, it's like Army doesn't apply to success rate because they always go for it on fourth down. Iowa is based upon punting, field position, turnovers, and red zone D. I mean, if you look at these offensive numbers, 37 passes, passing plays, one went over third, uh, one went over 20 yards. One pass went over 20 yards against arguably one of the worst defenses from the Mac, Kent State was 63% success rate in standard downs. That is 17% above national average. Kent State had their yeah, way whenever yeah, they yeah. wanted in standard down. And so what do we what do we do? I mean, it, I know the article between the AP top 25 with, with Brett Murphy's uh, votes that came out, that article came out this morning, and I've already gotten some mentions uh, on Twitter about how much my hate is for Iowa. It's not that I hate them. It's that these numbers are telling me a different story uh, and, and they're not an explosive offense. And how long is punting and interceptions and, and Kent Kent state going 1.5 points per possession inside the 40 yard line. How long is that going to hold up? Not forever. I won't be betting uh, against Iowa this week, by the way, against Colorado state. So which means that, which means Colorado state will 100% cover moving on. Blair Cavanaugh and Jeff Hammerschmidt. Ever hear of these assholes? I f-ing hope not. These motherfuckers are in charge of Syracuse's special teams. Up 17 nothing in the second half with four minutes left, and they blow three-and-a-half-point favorites. Have you ever practiced an onside kick? I guess not, because you stink and are supposed to lose every game you play, you losers. Up a 1,000, you give up a touchdown, an onside, and another touchdown, and I'm a loser. me. Stucky, just sitting here watching this Show of a fucking 3-3 matchup almost going into half with Toledo and Colorado State. Yeah, yeah, Steve Adazio went there for an early retirement, and it seems like you guys have too. I mean, Jesus H. Yeah, they looked on campus for guys who want to be there. I'm going to go down to my gas station and get picks from guys who think they know what they're talking about because clearly we're in trouble. Uh, Con, I know you had the Toledo first half. I mean, yeah, these are things that that he said. We were we were listening to his, his presser, and so we some of the things that we do during the week and Colorado state won. They deserved the one. Their defense played, played really well. I'm not a fan of Todd Santeo. I mean, he went 11 of 27 and threw for hundred yards, but Colorado state ran the ball. Well, they ran a 50 times for 209 yards. They didn't have a lot of success, but they, 
their D played pretty well and they controlled the clock and they won a low scoring game and they responded to Adazio. It happens. It's pretty crazy. Uh, if you look at the box score in this Colorado State Toledo game, and listen, whatever everything Adazio said is is it's not like we just pulled this out of thin air. I mean, there there are problems going on with this team, but you would notice it from the box score. Toledo tried to run twenty two times. Why couldn't Toledo run it? Like holy shit, they were stuffed. Fifteen of twenty two. That's sixty eight percent. The national average is thirty percent. Yeah, I mean they had a punt return for a touchdown, which helped them. But yeah, they deserved to to win and cover. Just a, a terrible performance and props to, to Colorado State. Enjoy the gas station picks, by the way. All right, moving on. This is Jason from Cleveland, and I just want to say to both of you, when are you going to stop f-ing believing in Miami and Manny Diaz? Jokes. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have believed in Miami. It was an awful call. Probably my worst of the day. I guess we can get into that right now. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought mainly that – I mean, my number was was higher, and I was worried about King being healthy. I don't think that was the issue. I thought Michigan State was just getting way too much love from last year. I mean, what the, what did they what they did this year is I didn't really adjust them that much because all they did is they beat Youngstown State and the Northwestern team that I think is horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm watching the market, you know, move Northwestern all the way down against Duke. The market obviously thinks that Northwestern is horrible. They got dominated by Duke. But in fairness, I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow, this this number is just not, you know. And I bet six and a half. This is, and it finally did go to seven. But I was like, there's some real resistance here. You know, I made it closer to ten or eleven. But there clearly someone, some group out there that that believed in Michigan State, and they were correct. I, I was incorrect. Uh, I, I shouldn't have laid it with six. I shouldn't have laid it with Miami. I'm sorry. Well, and uh, Peyton Dorn was impressive. You know, you finally got to see him play a, a real team. And, uh, yeah, I got to give credit to Michigan State. It's a terrible call. I'll have many more this year. Well, I mean, it's not like Michigan State was world beaters in this box score. Uh, they had one explosive drive out of 12 possessions. That's way below. Yeah, all they did average. was throw it to the flat, but they had, they had a right. well-schooled game. The Miami didn't adjust. Two-plus first downs. Only a third of their possessions had two first downs in them. That was well below national average. They held Miami to – or maybe Miami held themselves to only two-and-a-half points for, per trip inside the 40 yard line. And, uh, you know, Michigan state was stuffed, uh, on, on more than the national average on their runs. So uh, listen, the, the box score does not jump out at me as in, we have to have Sparty futures at all. Uh, it, no, no. <laughs> especially like Thorne, Thorne is, uh, Thorne's impressive. Cause he's not, he's, he's a young kid and he's not making any mistakes. And that was a difference in the game. I mean, King turned it over twice and fumbled. I mean, threw two picks and fumbled once in Michigan State territory. Yeah, there's some right. some fluke to that. But King is the more experienced quarterback. Thorne, you know, he's making a lot easier of passes, but he looks poised. And yeah, they they benefited from you know some fortunate bounces, but they won by 21 at six and a half point point dog. You- yeah, probably my worst call of the day. I will do. We'll do best call, worst call, bet regret. Uh, right now, let's say I, I'll say best call. I don't even want to say any of my best calls for Saturday. I want to watch that, watch that day from my memory. Best call, I'll go, I'll go Louisville plus seven and a half on Friday night, an enjoyable night of betting for me. Worst call, I'll say Miami and Georgia Southern. I'll throw that out there. Arkansas deserved the cover and bet regret. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk that regret. I'll say waking up on Saturday morning. I'm kidding. <laughs> that regret was not adding to Florida at the half. I said that on Twitter. I They were dominating that game. They were the better team. They should have won. They were getting bad calls and a couple bad breaks. But you looked at the yards for play. You were watching that game with your eye. Even without Richardson, Florida was the better team. So me not adding to half, I should have. How about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret? Well, I think the best call was me saying on multiple platforms last week that double-digit road favorites were going to have problems. And I look up and down the board. I mean, Florida Florida covered. Uh, Buffalo covered against Coastal. Really gave them a time. Uh, but best call by far was a road favorite was UAB, just the hate on them against Georgia. I've said this before. Bill Clark doesn't care about Power 5 games. He goes in against North Texas and pants them. Wasn't even close. Minus 13 for a spread, and what they win? They win by like 30. So, I, I mean, that's got to be the best call of the day. That 
The worst call, I, I mean, take your pick. Uh, Washington State plus 10 has closing line value down to seven, and then Jackson Dart is the backup on the plane, comes in the game, and he's throwing highs 400 yards and four TDs. And now we've darts. Got, yeah, throwing darts. We possibly have the best quarterback name in all of college football. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Washington State still had the closing line value, but I, I don't know. I bet Kansas. Man, I was just in the – I was – Here's the problem. You bet, you bet Washington State before uh-huh. – USC fired Clay Helton. Yep. And then after USC fired Clay Helton, uh, I bumped up USC 25 points. My power is now the best <laughs> team of all time. Um, but no, go ahead. I should have known when a quarterback named Jackson Dart was coming in that I should have immediately live bet USC. I think that was maybe worst call of the day. Let's call bet regret on Georgia Tech. I mean, uh, Georgia Tech showed up. I mean, you know, at least they play hard. We're not saying they're talented, but at least they play hard. They showed up and blew Kennesaw State out. But to go into Clemson, we know Clemson has offensive line problems, but with a line that high, who, who is Clemson beating with their offensive ineptitude, right? With that offensive line, they're not beating anybody. Georgia they ain't Tech, going to college playoff, brother. Georgia Tech recording a safety with under like one minute left in Clemson's house. Picture a world where the Clemson offensive line is allowing Georgia Tech to record a safety with one minute left and Georgia Tech is onside kicking to try and win the game. What world, what bizarro world do we live in where Georgia Tech is recording a safety against the Clemson offensive line with under a minute left, and then they get the ball back to possibly win the game in Clemson's house? I mean, Clemson's outside the top 10 for me, and they're going to be outside the top 20 uh, probably after next week. Clemson fumbled. That's how they got the safety, but they recovered it. So they got the ball. Not many people probably saw this game. So Georgia Tech has the ball driving to tie the game down 14 to six. First and goal at the Clemson three. They don't score. They got, they got down to the two and they didn't score. They turned it over on downs. So then there's like 20 seconds left. Clemson has the ball at the, their own two. Delay of game. So now they're at their one. Delay of game. Just go in and what are you doing? Uh, just throw it in the air four times. But then they get a delay of game. Then they hand it off and fumble, and then they recover it. But in the end, it was a safety. So then it's 14 to 8. So then they got a punt. Uh, and then obviously Georgia Tech didn't have enough time. But, yeah, Clemson what – is, what is wrong with Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State? I love it. People are like – by the way, Georgia Tech had more first downs. They had more total yards. Just Clemson is embarrassing. And I got news for you. Clemson's not going to the college world playoff. They lost to Georgia – the ACC is awful. One of my biggest takeaways of the day. I mean, look, Vatek, come go to West Virginia, you're down 21-0 right off the bat or whatever it was. They, they lose to West Virginia. We, we saw UNC already lose to Vatek. UNC hasn't been that impressive. Vatek hasn't been that impressive. We see Miami lose by 21 to Michigan State. Miami hasn't been that impressive. Those are supposed to be the three other best teams in the ACC. Clemson doesn't even play them. So, I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule. They play NC State. Okay. Then they got BC without Yurkovich. They got Syracuse, Pitt. Pitt loses at home to Western Michigan yesterday. Um, then they got Florida State, who's 0-3 for the first time since the 70s. Then they play Louisville. Then they play UConn. Great job, Dabo. South Carolina State and, and UConn at home in the same season. Then they got Wake at home, and they finished the season – at South Carolina with who knows who's under center. That's the worst schedule in the country for a power five team. And they already have a loss and the ACC looks this bad. If they get into the college football playoff, we riot. I was wondering if you and I were going to podcast about the fact that we probably need to start looking at some non blue bloods to win the national championship, because I'm not impressed with Alabama and Florida no. dominated them on in the trench on both sides of the ball. And plus save it. What was saving bitching about on Monday? We have 17 penalties on the season. Now you can question what the Zebras were doing against, you know, with that Florida game, but I, I mean, just penalties galore with this team. Bryce Young, what'd you call him? Captain Checkdown on Twitter yesterday. I mean, yeah. th- there's something wrong with this team. There's something wrong with the offense. The defense is missing some players, not playing. The, listen, Alabama is not the team. It's Alabama of two years ago. Yeah, it's yes, Alabama of two years exactly. ago, not last year. We thought, oh my God, Alabama's back. But now we see that that week one game was more of an indictment on Miami than it said anything about Alabama. And it's only one game. Like, you, you see one game, you try to make some jump. Alabama is Alabama two years ago. They could still win it all. Look at this year. I don't – Ohio State doesn't look impressive. Oklahoma does continues to not look impressive. They barely escape with a win over Nebraska. You know, who's good? 
and, and people I, said I, to me, and I'm like, yes, these teams are all in the top 10 still. I'm talking relative to perception, relative to normal years when you have four to five elite teams. Georgia might be the best team in the country. Uh, you know, in a few weeks here, we might find out once they're fully healthy, they're actually going out and taking care of business every week. But there's just it's wide open this year. I love it as a college football fan. You know who's coming going to have a coming out party this? I mean, I went through the list this morning. I was like, Alabama, no. Ohio State, no. Oklahoma, no. I'm going through October, the list here. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list. Clemson, no. So I'm October. thinking of myself. Who are the te- Oh, by the way, Texas is explosive now. Go check out that box score with Casey Ten Thompson. Ten yards per play. Ten yards, Ten yards per, per play. play. And, and so I start going through the list, and I said, you know, I, you know what I, you know who I think? Penn State. Yeah, absolutely. We have a chance to make the college football playoff here. But do you know who really? Is going to have a coming out party this weekend, and then we'll, we'll podcast about it. Texas A&M. Uh, Zach Calzada. Did you see him throwing yesterday? Zach Calzada. Yeah, shout out to Kellen Mond for for the retweet of the video. But Zach Calzada uh, uh, was looking fantastic uh, throwing the ball deep. The, the shakeup is here. Ole Miss, Texas A&M. We, you and I talked about it in the SEC preview pod. Ole and- Miss. Woo! <laughs> Oh my goodness! I was looking at the live under. Thank God I didn't bet it. I just was—I was like, I can't bet anything else tonight. I'm going to lose. My wife told me flat out, "This is degenerate shit, and you are not betting an under 96." I said, "Come on, it's my money." She goes, "No, I'm putting the—I'm I'm putting the gavel down. This is degenerate shit to be betting under 96." And they didn't score again. Mac, there was never Mac another Corral. score. <laughs> Matt Corral now the favorite to win the Heisman, right? He has to be. You agree? Yeah. I think oh, they, like, yeah. They can—they can beat Alabama easily. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to get any stops, but they're going to score right with them. And Alabama might stop. The, I mean, Bryce Young, his deep ball, we talked about it. Not, not good. Efficient right now. But, yeah, Corral was uh, – He had a, uh, that first half was crazy. They had – oh, man, yeah, I almost played under 79 and a half in the first half in the first quarter because the field was kind of a mess. I'm glad I didn't. Atlanta 82. But you go back to that Alabama Ole Miss game last year where the field conditions actually helped them score like 120 points. That's what kept me off ever taking an under there. Yeah. But, yeah, that first half, they had 450 yards in the first half. Against Tulane. Like, Tulane mm-hmm. is not a great defense, but they're an FBS team. Like, 450 yards in the first half, that's what you do to, like, South Carolina State or the teams that Clemson plays. All right, moving on. Colin, Stucky, f- you on the goddamn f- Purdue-Notre Dame f-ing game. And last second, goddamn, let's launch it down the field. Let's get the back door covering. You know what? Fuck, let's throw a goddamn fucking pick. If if I had to go back and bet it, like if I knew what was going to happen without who was going to score when, I I probably wouldn't have. But if you got like over seven with Purdue, you probably got unlucky. You know, Notre Dame outscored them by ten in the fourth quarter, and then Purdue ended up throwing a pick at the end. Um, actually, their last two drives. They threw a pick in the end zone, and then they threw another pick at midfield, and then Notre Dame ran it out. Yeah, Purdue, I mean, Purdue I, couldn't run the ball at all, which is their problem. And it's not, like Notre Dame's defensive line is a major problem. They're both of their lines, but Purdue can't run the ball against anybody, so they couldn't run the ball, and you know they ended up throwing a couple picks. But Plummer was so much better than O'Connell. I don't know why they don't just go with Plummer, by the way. Um, but not that impressed with Notre Dame again. I think we are back on Operation Fade Notre Dame next week against Wisconsin. We'll talk about some look headlines we're looking at next week. That's interesting. I think that game's in Chicago, but that'll be the Purdue Notre Dame, probably a coin flip, probably a coin flip for how it was decided against the spread. And Notre Dame made some plays late and pretty ugly game. Right. That'll be the hottest ticket out there. It will be. Yep. Yeah. In the Midwest. Absolutely. Yo, Stuck, Colin, Sam in Michigan. I'm having a great Saturday. I'm 4-0 on my bets today. And then fucking Auburn makes the dumbest fucking play call I've ever seen in my life. Who the fuck throws a goal line fade on fourth and goal when you're running the ball like they are? Bonick season. Give me a fucking break. James Franklin. Penn State. Stucky, Colin, I know the segment's called FCS or no. It should always be called no. I'm over here sitting on a Presbyterian and Campbell over 74.5 ticket. And Presbyterian, the team that doesn't punt, goes for it on every fourth down, gets shut out 72-0. to zero. And what makes this worse is Campbell had three drives stuffed inside of their five-yard line. Then, you know, we need a late miracle. Presbyterian trying to mount up a last-second touchdown drive, throws a pick. 
pick six all the way down to the three. No, he stepped out of bounds. What does Campbell do instead of nailing the ball? No, he tried to run the ball three times. Stuffed again. The fourth drive. We cannot get the over. They let the time run out. It ends at the one. I'm sick. I'm just on a walk right now. Oh, my God. You can't tell me that these coaches don't know what the spread and the total is. I mean, it's 72 to zero. Haj Malik Williams and Campbell that are fighting camels are trying to get it over. Both teams are trying to get it over. It's 72 to zero. You can't tell me these coaches don't know what the spread and the total is. No, uh, that, 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 by the way, that call is why I love you guys. Um, and these calls so far are not, they're not vicious enough. If I have a, I don't care if I take some bad beats, call in. People that have been around listening to our podcast for a while, you can be as as mean spirit as you wanted. Uh, it's also good for content and, and and for some laughs. And we all need to laugh at ourselves. I mean, hopefully we don't have too many other losing weekends. But I've been doing this for a long time. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. It doesn't bother. I I actually enjoy the voicemails and 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 some of the hate and some of the, just the good the good spirited jokes too. So I love this call. But this was we still have a couple of voicemails left. But I, I expected. Uh, a better performance out of some of the callers. I'll give. I'm going to give out some awards. You're, you're inviting awards next weekend. You're inviting, inviting being the hate. Crashed. Yeah, you're inviting. Yeah, I mean, look, we've we've been doing this podcast. This is our fifth year. I've been posting picks on you know the action app for five years on four on Twitter for ten on forums ten before that. I've heard it all. Last year, you know, we're always going to have, and that was not one of my worst weekends. I will have one or two weekends way worse than that with many bad calls, but we'll be fine. We, when I look back last year, we got two or three weekends where we got trash, and it was hilarious on a Monday, you know. And then we ended up uh, pretty damn good in the season. But I, I live for that stuff. Um, but anyway, I love that call, Presbyterian. Yeah, they have they have that coach who never they onside kicked it like fifty times in the like fifteen times I think in the first game. So they don't they don't punt ever. And the onside kick every time. I think they only got one of the onside kicks in week one. Yeah, Campbell beat them 72 to nothing. What was the spread on that game? 10. Campbell was minus 10. <laughs> won 72 to nothing. What? That's insane. <laughs> that has to be that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's brutal, brother. I'm with you. They were minus 10. The total was 78 and a half. You just needed Presbyterian as a 10-point dog to score seven points. When the 10-point favorite put up 72 and no one's uh, – oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's brutal. I love that you were out there sweating. If a Presbyterian only had 200 total yards of offense and the total was 80, this is a bizarre – but i got to look into this game. Uh, Campbell averaged 13 yards per pass. Presbyterian averaged four. Why was the spread only – Presbyterian averaged one yard per rush? I can't believe the spread was 10. I don't, I don't really know much about Presbyterian. I just know that they always onside kick it. Whatever. All right, moving on. Colin Stucky, Tim from Virginia. So the segment's called Look Ahead or Look Away. And don't get me wrong. I was ready to roll in this this weekend. I was all about this shit. It's like the pig from Charlotte's Web, ready to roll in this shit. I had Georgia Southern. I had Kent State. I had UMass, which hit, which hit. I had Temple. Jesus Christ. What a beatdown today. Holy shit. Pig Suey, Colin? Good on you. Good on you, Colin. Jesus Christ. What a shitty day for these teams. Unreal. Uh, Wilbur. You're talking about Wilbur, the pig from Charlotte's Web. Classic children's book. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we roll with the shit. I got some shit covers, but you, you're going to bet some shit teams. It's just like good teams, too. What, you want to roll with all the good teams this weekend? What are you going to do? It's, it, you're going to bet Clemson? Didn't cover. You bet Alabama? Didn't cover. You want to bet Ohio State? Didn't cover. You want to bet Georgia? Didn't cover. So what do you want to do? Roll with the shit? Like, hey, yeah, we're, we're trying to find winners and where we see that. UConn and UMass covered for us. Georgia Southern? Look, I would bet Georgia Southern and UConn again, and I should have went 0-2. But I'm just always pretty much going to bet triple option teams catching over three touchdowns. Uh, I went one and one in those games. I bet UMass second half to join you. Yeah, and some shit teams were shit against the spread, but so, some good teams were too. I love when people say, don't bet the bad team, just bet the good team. So it's not that easy. All the good teams this week didn't cover. But yeah, Temple, I didn't watch much of that game. I, I assume it was, they had 50 yards in the first half. It couldn't have been no, prettier. 
Yeah, I mean, they were kind of hovering around the the cover mark the entire time, and then a turnover and a misplay in the red zone. Just typical Temple shit and Rod Carey, who's a guy that we've been fading for years. Uh, Stop. Don't do it again. You said you're yeah. not been Temple this year. I'm, I'm and done. Yeah, yeah. They pulled you in. The Owls, woo, woo. They it was a you in. That Dennis Grossel is nothing to write home about, but at the same time, Temple's just so – just the level of competency that you can't even put together any kind of points – uh, to get this cover when BC was handing to you on a platter. So that's it. That's, I mean, there's things that we're never going to say again. We're never going to talk about ULL's coach. I'm not, I'm not going to name him by name ever again on this podcast for the history of this podcast. And I don't care. Future, if he's future Arkansas head coach, Billy. I won't say his last name. Goodness gracious, Billy Napier. I will take what down. Comes, all what if he shit. comes to Arkansas? What are you going to do? I'll take down all the shit in my office. I will never <laughs> that we will uh, once again be a baseball school. I'll be I'll support <laughs> Mus, but I will I will never talk about Arkansas football again. If Billy Napier, I said that I'm not even going to say his name. I'm never going to say his name again. You're going to be so nervous every year if, if the Arkansas when Arkansas Pittman's not going that. anywhere. Stop. No, I'm saying the next time that they have a like when Pittman moves on or retires and Napier's out there. Oh, man. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. By the way, speaking of, I mean, Temple had 50 yards in the first half. Colorado. Oh, if you bet Colorado this week. Look, I've had some bad calls. I'll have a lot of bad calls in my life. That has to be the worst bet of the weekend. Besides, if you bet uh, Presbyterian, <laughs> it's a 10 point dog. They lost 80 to nothing. Or, sorry, 72 nothing. Didn't go over. Um, yeah. Colorado had 63 total yards of offense against Minnesota at home. Is that a real thing? By the way, my worst call, I don't think I even said this last time, my worst call of the season to date that might not be topped was betting Navy. Because I think, I was talking with a friend this week, I was saying Navy against Air Force might have been the worst offensive performance between two FBS schools that we've ever seen. Uh, they ran the ball 34 times for 36 yards. They had one They had one 26-yard run. Their other 33 carries went for 10 total yards. 33 carries for 10 yards. That's a triple option team. Their starting quarterback went 0 for 5. And I was just flabbergasted at how incompetent. Navy ended up firing their offensive coordinator. The AD said, we're firing. He's been there forever. And then, again, their coach brought him back. It's just a mess. They ended up bringing him back as like a, the quarterback coach this week. It's really bad. And I was like, this is the wor- might be the worst offensive performance of all time. They had 68 total yards. But, again, it's a triple option team, playing a triple option team, limited possessions. Then this week, Colorado against Minnesota, which, look, is it not known for their defense, had 68 total yards? Is that, no, 63? What did they finish with, 63 total yards? Unbelievable. I, I just, shot and in a blowout, they, did, they couldn't even pick up garbage yards. It's not like this game was 3 nothing throughout. Did you look at this box score? Yeah, I'm looking at it. I mean, here, let me let me bless everybody with a Colorado uh, passing down success rate. Ready? Colorado Buffaloes passing down success rate in 22 passing downs. Zero percent. Zero percent success rate. Zero point one. Is that good or bad? It's supposed to be 100 or zero? What's the, what's the peak? Zero point one four yards per play in passing downs. And allow me to bless you with running plays. 17 running attempts. 0.71 yards per play by the Colorado Buffalo. I've never wow. seen a box score like this in my life. I, I, even with our UMasses and every UConns, I've never seen a success rate of 0%. Zero. Yeah, it's especially shocking considering the opponent. Like, you know, sometimes you, if you look at some of the top five, top 10 defenses in the country, and you're like, wow, they just had an absolutely perfect day. Minnesota is not known as an elite defense and, and Colorado's playing at home in, in altitude. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't understand what happened to that offense. They had 21 rushes for negative 19 yards. I know that there's quarterback, uh, they, they include quarterback sacks in there, but that was their, their final box score. If you just look at the, look at the basic box score. One of the worst, go look at it. You'll laugh. Let's finish up these voicemails here. Stock watching the, Stanford Vanderbilt game, 14 14 in the second quarter, looking good. Then I blink and it's 27 14 before the half. Vanderbilt doesn't score another touchdown until two seconds left in the game. Don't cover the number. 
Is there a worse quarterback on an actual semi-decent team than Hank Bachmeyer? This stupid motherfucker has worse pocket presence than Danny Jones. And oh my God, did he fumble this game away. Andy Avalos playing for the tie. Jet sweep, second and 10. Oh, great decision. Third and nine, Bachmeyer to the end zone. Nope, 15 feet overthrown. Nope, go for the 36-yard field goal to take the lead. Whoop, wide left. You know what? That's what you get for not even trying to cover the number, you stupid mother. I am not supporting the Boise State economy ever again. Idaho, your potatoes. I'm never eating Five Guys French fries again. What the f- was that? I came into the game, a couple parlays riding on it, feeling good, feeling happy. Now I'm just hammered. I'm pissed. Why did they blow the fumble dead on the field? Just talk about incompetence. That's like day one ref. Sh- you don't take bribes. You don't blow fumbles dead on the field so the return could stand. Now I'm just mad. Why did I bet on Hank fucking Bachmeyer? Hank Bachmeyer? What? Why would I ever even bet on that guy? Man, fuck that game and just right in his stupid face. Yeah, uh, we won't get into that game much more because we already talked about it. Uh, just criminal. I mean... They won the game and then it was taken away. But uh, yeah, Vandy had a, just a, a disastrous. I was like, that was a death sentence. End of the first half where they were basically about to go into the half 14 14. Stanford made a 46 yarder. And then all of a sudden, Stanford has scores 13 points in the final two minutes. But yeah, I, there's there's not much to say there. Anything to add? No, just that Tim Plow, the offensive coordinator for Boise, continues to have problems getting points on the board. Not really an Andy Avalos thing. He's concentrated on the defense. But, yeah, Boise uh, has huge spurts of offensive issues, which should not be a problem considering it comes from UC Davis. So continue to watch. Okay, and now before we talk a little next week in Thursday Night Football, quick reminder to our listeners, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook. And they've got a great sign-up offer for you guys this season. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. $1,000 that might be more than the Cash App is paying Bryce Young this season. So take advantage of this win bet offer. Just click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All righty, let's get back to the show. Before we get out of here, let's go three and out. One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out. Uh, I guess first down, let's go biggest takeaway of the weekend. This one takeaway that you had, I'll I'll, I'll say I'm ex- we'll dive into this week. I'm excited for the college football season. College football is getting weird. ACC looks way down, you know, Pac-12 up in the air. But just at the top, you know, we're so used to having these same three or four teams in the playoff every time, and they're a cut above the rest of the field. That's not the case this year. I think it's wide open. There might be some opportunities for us to invest in futures. Just from an entertainment perspective, we're going to be why we're going to be asking ourselves who's going to get into the college football playoff all year. I'm really excited as a college football fan. Um, it's it's like a, an NFL season, not like a, I'd say it's more like a college basketball season this year, not NBA. College football, you know, every game matters, but we're seeing the same teams in the college football playoff every year. Might not be this year. That's my biggest takeaway. How about you? Uh, my biggest takeaway is we're going to have a massive shakeup at the top portion of college football, especially with the college football playoff rankings. I mean, we've had some outliers like Minnesota's of the world kind of jump in there this year. I think it's actually going to come to fruition. Uh, shout out to WinBet, their book uh, that they put up <laughs> running odds on win totals. Like you could still go in there and bet like under nine and a half on Notre Dame win total. Fresno State to win the Mountain West has got some value out there. Penn State to win the national championship. Texas A&M's got a real, I think Texas A&M has a coming out party. Well, I'll research that over the next three days. But what I'm saying is, is 
this is not going to be the blue bloods here to dominate in college football. So if you have any long shot bets, it's better to get ahead of them before they actually, we actually see that Texas A&M is a major player or Fresno state actually plays a mountain West uh, game. So uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that more later on this week on our week, week four college football betting preview, which will be out overnight on Thursday. We'll also have the group of five betting preview. Make sure you check that out. Those guys are killing it earlier in the week. All right, let's move on to second down. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. Let's talk just quick projection. You'll have a, I'm sure you'll have a piece out on this. Thursday night, talk about a meltdown. Marshall, absolute meltdown against East Carolina. Scored a touchdown onside kick and then a touchdown to come back. They play App State. Uh, projection for that and anything you're looking for? Yeah, I make the projection seven and a half uh, in favor of App State uh, with a total of about 56. So we'll see what the line comes out here. Two different pace of plays big time. Marshall is second in the nation in plays per minute. App State is 82nd. So the question is, is App State going to be able to establish their ground presence? And from what I'm looking at, the answer is yes. Marshall is 114th in defensive line yards. They're 95th in defensive rushing success rate. Those are not good numbers against an App State team that is hell-bent on running the ball down your throat. So if I see App State minus seven or, or better, that's got to be the play. Yep. Make sure you check out actionnetwork.com, the Action Network app for more content on that game. Oh, by the way, Nick, Nickley76, there isn't anything out there better than Stuck Con in the group of five deep dive. Producer Mitchell, throw him a little reward. Wolfpack lover, 1983, said Stucky is my hero, and I bet everything you post religiously. Well, you're damn right. You're getting a package. So message our producer. If you don't know who he is on Twitter, just DM, DM me. If your gambling buddies aren't as committed as you, Stuck and Con are there to fill the void. Love that. Guggen JD, throw him some gear as well, Mitchell. And then also the Wada boy. If you want to hear two of the most knowledgeable fellows in the country when it comes to sports, especially college football, you found your podcast. All right. Had to give some away. Third down before we get out of here. Anything you want to look ahead to that you have circled next weekend? Obviously, we'll go very in-depth later in this week. I already threw out. I'll start. I'm looking for Wisconsin. You know, I want Notre Dame to – if Notre Dame is going to win and cover, I want them to win by 28 and – Hopefully we can get Wisconsin under a field goal. I think they're going to pose a lot of problems for Notre Dame in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So Wisconsin is uh, one of the sides I've circled. The numbers haven't opened up yet, but there's a couple of games that I've got circled. Southern Miss at Alabama. Bama's on a look-ahead spot. They got Ole Miss in week five. Georgia State's at Auburn. Auburn is coming off of a Penn State trip, and they've got LSU in week five. So it's a, if you can handle Georgia State, that's a definitely a spot. Uh, I, I, can we do Akron? Akron's at Ohio State this week, but Ohio State's got look-ahead to conference oh, no. play against Rutgers. Oh, but no. Ohio, Ohio State needs to blow somebody out, so that's a tough one. Colorado State at Iowa. Iowa's got Maryland in week five. So, uh, oh. yeah, here, yeah, these are the look-ahead, look-away spots we're going to talk about on the podcast. But uh, – it's some nasty names. There's some nasty names. I can't fade Iowa again, but maybe I will. Uh, Adazio <laughs> Nation? Adazio Nation, here we come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. All right, thanks, Colin, as always, for joining me. Enjoy your week after another Hogs victory. Those weeks are always sweeter after a win. Thanks, everyone, for listening. It's time for us to go get back to work and find some winners. Make sure... You don't forget about the voicemail. Don't be scared to yell, scream, cry, laugh, whatever you do. You can always check us out on actionnetwork.com and the Action Network app. It's time for us to go find some winners, Colin. We'll catch you all later. Cheers. Peace out.